So as you know, I am Yang 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 Gang. Um, and I'm like still in like a mourning period <laughs> of like, uh, dang, it's he's really gone, isn't he? I mean, he's not gone, obviously. He's not dead. He's probably going to run in 2024. Right. But um, for 2020, the dream is over. For me, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't deny the dream of Bernie. Uh-huh. However, I will say that it is a very uphill battle. And I, yeah. I'm I'm not very optimistic about it. The only uh-huh. person I felt optimistic about was Yang. Okay. What um, do you mean by optimistic? Well, like uh solutions that actually and this is where a lot of the probably our dis- disagreement is going to occur, but yeah. solutions that are actually <clears throat> going to pass through Congress or at least yeah. have like a pragmatic reasoning for being able to work with. No, I mean, that's completely fair. I yeah. don't think we'd disagree as okay. much as you think we would on that. Sure. I And so <clears throat> this is like, especially I, I kind of fell off of social media mm-hmm. after Yang dropped out because I was like, ah, let me just take a break because yeah. I was getting pretty addicted to Twitter just like. Yeah. And you know how rabid the Yang gang is on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Reddit and. Yeah. And everywhere. Yeah. But. Uh, Facebook much less so it seems um, Yeah but, Although they did steal A Trump page <laughs> Which is kind of The, the Yang gang did? Yes Oh that's cool um, Hijacked it? Yeah so huh. I guess like the One of the admins of that Like I think the page was called Friends of Donald Trump mm-hmm. um, And then they changed <clears throat> Like someone who was an admin Became Yang Gang from being a Trump supporter. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, changed it to friends who know Yang beats Donald Trump, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. and people got very mad. And it probably wasn't very humanity first of them, but it was still really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was so not math of you, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, I fully acknowledge the the cultiness of Yang, uh, and. Or at least the Yang mm-hmm. gang. I feel like Yang himself is probably just like, y'all need to calm down over there. <laughs> but he's he's a perfectly normal human. That's, mm-hmm. um, but I think whenever we kind of initially like sparked conversations mm-hmm. again was because we got into an argument on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like uh, maybe not what you believe and that's also kind of because of a lot of nuances lost on social media but like Mm -hmm. it seems like the bernie i guess bernie bro has become a derogatory term now for some reason Mm -hmm. uh but burners i guess is that the yeah burners feel like i get more of it's like a rebellious uh motivation for it Mm-hmm. Rather than like a, I don't know, like cause what's going to happen once he gets elected, if he gets elected, mm-hmm. like, does he just like, all right, healthcare, just throw it right into the thing. Well, like, I guess from what I've been reading, it's marijuana legislation that that's going to be the big uh, executive order that's going through. Yeah, that's day fine. One. That's fine. And yeah. He can do that. But, I mean, Yang was going to do that, too. So right. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's not by any means um, exclusive to Bernie Sanders. Sure, sure. Yeah. So 
Uh, can you rephrase that? Right. So the, that- the rebellious, like there's a, there's a rebel or like, you know, fuck the police sort of, I mean, mm. g- in general, fuck the police, but I mean, mm. fuck, fight the power sort of thing that. <laughs> That's that is specific to Bernie Sanders in the movement? Yeah, I feel like burners are are kind of more in the like burn it all down, no <laughs> pun intended. Uh <laughs> I feel like that was a little intended, but it was I I intend all my puns. Okay. <laughs> uh yeah, no mean sure. I think um uh I think that if many, a lot of people are attracted to him because he's the anti-establishment yeah, yeah. Democrat candidate, mm. you know, especially with his... The one with a chance. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even, I mean... I don't think Gabbard has a chance at this point. Who? Gabbard. Tulsi, oh, Tulsi yeah, Gabbard, yeah. yeah. She's weird, man. She's uh, She is a hodgepodge of of strange... She seems like, like a like a normal human being <clears throat> as a person. Yeah. But then if you like dig into her policies, it's like, wait a second. Some of these don't line up. But they yeah. really <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard's bizarre, uh, especially like her ties with like uh, like Modi uh, uh, from India. Yeah. And a lot of that hyper, hyper reactionary. Uh, like. Uh, <clears throat> right wing trends that are happening in India. Sure. Like that is her connections to that is are really unsettling, <laughs> but I don't want to go too much down on the Tulsi right, right, Gabbard right. road. She's there's things I like about her and there's a lot of things mm-hmm. I'm like, I just don't know. And she's had said some things uh, about uh, LGBT rights that are just like, I just can't. Like, sure. Sure. Uh, but no, you're <laughs> right. You're, you're, when you, when you said she, it does seem kind of like a, just a person, you know, with all their contradictory beliefs kind of muddled together. Yeah, yeah. Like that seems very much like Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of mainstream, uh, candidates that, uh, have a chance, uh, I mean, he's the, clearly the front runner he is. now. Uh, unless so, you're talking to like CNN or, MSNBC, then <laughs> yeah. then it's Pete Buttigieg, uh, then, obviously. And then it's and 2020 Democratic candidate is searching. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't. I can't comment too much on the. Uh, I do know plenty of people that are very active with the Bernie Sanders campaign, and I do some things, and mm. I've donated. Uh, mostly, I donate. Um, right, right. But you know, in terms of like interacting with. The Bernie <laughs> Sanders, also a cult. cult? I call Jamie sure, a cult. yeah, cult. Yeah, sure. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't have a whole lot of. I don't. I'm not very in the know. I sure, guess sure. with that kind of thing. Like uh, there are memes that would be lost on me even sure, from. Sure. And my support of Bernie Sanders is, and uh, much more sterile, I think, than a lot of <laughs> other people's. Like, sure. Yeah. I don't really particularly care about. Bernie Sanders as a per I mean he seems like a, a perfectly yeah, yeah, he's, decent person in the same way that Andrew Yang seems a like little a, too angry. He's pretty angry. Uh Sanders is, is yeah. I mean he's had a long time to like be behind the scenes and see yeah. all the stuff and be angry about it. So I get it. But yeah. also it's like I know. Yeah, but, I'm pretty angry too when it comes to politics though. So right, I, right. I, that's a mood for me. Sure. <laughs> but uh yeah uh I, I but all that aside is you know if there were a 
politician that had espoused the same things as Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. and then something that he doesn't, you know, like he's been relatively like, I don't want to, this is a, this is a tough, this <laughs> is a tough thing to, to talk about. Uh, understand I'm kind of walking on eggshells with saying this because <laughs> it is a hard thing to talk about being from the social stratosphere that I am from. Right. You yeah. Know? But I, he, he could stand to be to you know to champion certain like i would love to see a trans rights candidate i guess sure um i would love to see a candidate that is more vocal about that and less implicit and now you know bernie sanders part of medicare for all is going to include um uh, surgeries yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, for gender reassignment and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's, that's really important and great. And I, and in that sense, but you know, if there was a candidate that espoused everything that Bernie Sanders espoused, then, then was, you know, also, mm-hmm. you know, to, was very visible about their support for some of these very important, specifically now kind yeah, of, yeah. you know, cause trans rights are kind of reaching an apex right mm-hmm. now where, there's a lot of a lot of visibility to that yeah yeah to that uh cause and there hasn't been and they've been extremely invisible mm-hmm. up to this point so you know having a candidate that is very open about that mm-hmm. i think would be really great and i would totally in a heartbeat you know put my support into that candidate right right but for me it's always just going to be who i vote for well and who i support and who i will stand for mm-hmm. if you want to, you yeah, want to yeah. use that language <laughs> is going to be the candidate that is closest to what i think is you yeah. know the correct positions and that's right. just what bernie sanders is right now from, yeah from my point of view and i feel like <laughs> so i guess it gets to a, a broader sort of philosophy about what government is supposed to do and so mm-hmm. it's like you you have the more like libertarian versus mm-hmm. uh authoritarian mm-hmm. uh spectrum if you will yeah the the <laughs> the graph the the oh yeah yeah the four the, four quadrant or yeah. four quadrant it's, it's, a, it's a great meme though it's a uh, wonderful meme <laughs> i i thoroughly enjoy those memes i think it's <laughs> pretty shallow explanation of political beliefs but it's really funny and some so, of them are really yeah. really on point on point but i saw one that was literally just you know loss Yes, it was okay. just lost, and that was the political <laughs> <laughs> was the political spectrum. There's not like any connection to the political <laughs> spectrum. It's just lost. It's just <laughs> um, but I do think that uh, one of my major, I guess, gripes is that I I'm an immigrant. Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm not shy about that. Uh, right. I was born in Venezuela. I've been here on DACA mm-hmm. for a while now, uh, working on filling out my green card sucks. I just got married, but yeah, like, yeah. uh, for now I'm still on DACA. I'm still technically undocumented. Right. Um, and it's not just like the immigration thing, which it is a big immigration thing, but like, I think that people don't understand what it means to be dependent on the government to like have their shit together. Mm -hmm. Um, Because so often 
most of the time they do not. <laughs> uh, what can you elaborate? Um, so at least on immigration bases, it's yeah. like you send in a thing that's really important to your life and you need documents very soon. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, we'll give your green card, give you your green card in like nine months. Yeah. Which is like, you know, babies are born in that time. Uh, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think there's no loss of, uh, literature on just how, uh, just how inefficient bureaucracy can be in that regard. Right. And so if you have things like Medicare for all, Mm -hmm. you have to have the infrastructure in place for that first Mm -hmm. before you try to just go to just abolish private insurance, which is like, yes, private insurance is a racket. I, Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of last year being immersed in insurance stuff and then it turned out to be some sort of scam. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so I kind of know insurance pretty well. And so it, yeah. it, insurance is a racket. It's totally it's middleman. Awful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it is what we have right now. Uh-huh. And to expect the government working as it is right now uh-huh. to jump in, I don't trust that government with my health care. Yeah. So <laughs> that's fair. I I think when we talk about the government, we need to keep from treating it like allowing it to be too abstract uh, because a government, you know, is can be anything uh, like the we have local governments. We have, uh, you know, it's we have governments kind of like going all the way up to the yeah, top, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's you know, there are things in Oklahoma where, you know, when I lived in I California, I definitely don't trust that government right. with my healthcare. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or really with anything, but yeah, yeah the $250,000 that they spent on the <laughs> new, the new logo. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The new <laughs> Oklahoma logo or what? I don't even know what I'm talking. Like, I, I don't really know what that is supposed to be for what, but like clearly what the hell, what, <laughs> Is that really the best use of our money? You know, it's very, very, yeah. it's exhausting. It's draining uh, to have to care about that. But um, I, so what I mean by not letting it be too abstract is to say like, you know, if you, government in its simplest form is governance, you know, and uh, there is, you could have a group of people that were, you know, online in a, in a forum and then you get, it mm-hmm. will naturally get, you know, your moderators and admins and, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And you've created a form of governance, yeah. you know, uh, it doesn't need to be too much more abstract than that because what, when we're talking about bureaucracy, which mm-hmm. is what we're talking about here, we're talking about the pace at which yeah. these things that is variable, you know, like it doesn't have <laughs> to be one way. Sure. And if that is a problem, then that problem needs to be addressed. And, you know, like there uh, you can you can treat that as its own individual problem, yeah, yeah. and you should. And so uh, the way I th- I see it is like yes, you're right. If we were to just funnel Medicare for all day one right now, that could lead to some very big problems yeah. without a lack of preparation. Mm-hmm. But 
the uh, Medicare for all, the bill that is written mm-hmm. by Bernie Sanders is not that. And mm-hmm. it, it is not a day one pivot. You know, mm-hmm. there is a plan. It is an incremental mm-hmm. plan. I'm not I don't know what frontwards and backwards. So as I can't just like tell you all yeah. the ways in which. And it, I don't either. So right. And hardly anyone really does other than yeah. like actual well, actual staffers for senators, because yeah. I'm sure the senators themselves don't give a damn. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the staffers have probably read the whole thing. Sure. At yeah. least as a unit would together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but my I, I know enough about it to say it, or at least at one point I did know or mm. have read that uh, how it will be. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, implemented. And it is not just. All right, we have Medicare for all yeah, now, yeah. you know, <laughs> and that's the same, you know, I, I and hopefully this is something that, you know, because this ties a little bit to the conversations we've had on, like on Facebook and stuff mm-hmm. like with immigration reform. You know, mm-hmm. I very much am if we're talking about long term goals, if we're talking yeah. about like what what an ideal society would be, yeah. you know, then, yes, I'm 100 percent open borders, you know, mm. uh, across the world. Sure. Open borders. Do I think that right now <laughs> we open our borders? Yeah, that's without preparing. That's a recipe for right. intense, intense yeah. problems, you yeah. know, so I'm not so. I'm not so idealistic. I don't, I can't mm. see that. You know, I can't yeah. miss, I can't see the forest for the trees. So yes. And I actually, uh, we, we keep doing this where we think we have a disagreement and yeah. then you say some things and I'm like, Oh yeah, we agree on things a lot more than I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do have like an ideal for society, which is uh fully automated luxury gay space communism. <laughs> um, yeah. Or the way that I grew up with it, knowing it before that became a meme, mm-hmm. um, this one version of it called the Venus Project. Have you heard of the Venus Project? I, I don't know. Maybe. I, um, can't, I can't tell. It was in like the Zeitgeist documentaries. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in like. That's a, that's a throwback. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Yeah. And. The first one is like, you know, edgy conspiracy theory crap. Uh-huh. But then like the more the two documentaries that came out after that, still the same guy, but uh-huh. he like gradually, you know, toned it down uh-huh. and was like, hey, uh, money is a lie and we could make perfect society. Right. Uh, <laughs> which is like I got exposed to that at kind of uh pivotal age uh-huh. uh like 15 onto adulthood mm. as they like kept coming out right um and it this guy Jacques Fresco who's uh dead now uh he was a futurist and mm-hmm. he kind of was like well if i were to just restructure society how would that work and so it would be like technology first and using automation and AI to manage resources so that we can distribute everything equally and have, you know, a a beautiful communist utopia. (laughs) Yeah. The, so the Venus project is how you knew that that like star or uh, star, star Trek socialism is how that was used to that, how I used to know that the fascism, I guess. 
Say what now? Sans the fascism. Sans the fascism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I I've watched a little bit of Star Trek. I've only recently like, been informed that yeah. uh, the the Starfleet in Star Trek is fascist, yeah, and I, I haven't. Know. I also the. I wish I knew more about Star Trek. That's yeah. that's a part of my nerd cred. I need to keep up. Right. Same. <laughs> I, I've watched enough. I've watched a, a handful of episodes independently, but not. I've never been. It's a it. lot of cheese. It's so cheesy, especially man. nowadays. It's so cheesy. <laughs> it's it, it's it's there's a lot to uh, there's a lot that's good about Star Trek, and I like Star Trek just fine. But it is very cheesy. <laughs> but uh, other than that, the like. Uh, you know, post scarcity <laughs> socialism is, yeah. yeah and I, I guess that's how a lot of people also thought about it. Like the, <laughs> the the very chrome future that people painted in the sixties. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but also, I don't know. I I think in the same vein that, uh, the Venus Project would have all of these materials and stuff like how would this work? How would this work? And it would be all of this idealistic, like this is how this would work. And this is what people would do. And people would be learning all the time. Like there wouldn't be jail so much as it would be like therapy. And it would like all that stuff, which is like taking all of the research about humans (laughs) and just applying it to society. Like we should have been doing for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, downside is that they never really have any like there's like the ideal way over there in the future and then there's like right now yeah and then everything in between is a blur yeah i mean (laughs) there's you know i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty into read it's probably my my uh most time consuming hobby i have is you know (laughs) i really really like critical theory and i like uh reading about uh i mean there are any kind of topic all sorts of topics with regards to you know uh how society should look how mm-hmm. what you know critiques of what is going on you know what our society is currently modeling mm-hmm. why it got this way you know yeah. how we can move to something different yeah uh you know these are things that are i spend a lot of time thinking about it and and i've read a lot about it. i like reading about it um well, let's talk about it yeah this, let's this talk is about jam. it <laughs> let's talk about it but yeah the the majority of the stuff that's that you know in a, in a broad scheme the majority of what people are talking about in critical theory is not what are we trying to get to yeah it's how do we get there yeah you know like you said the the money is a lie the money you know, money <laughs> is a scam thing like that's that is not a brand new mm. thought you know yeah. like that's there are a lot of people that have created models for societies that are far more equitable than our mm-hmm. own and even some that are like resemble can you know resemble a lot of things that we're very used to and very familiar with yeah, yeah. but do it in such a way as to be vastly more humane than mm-hmm. what we currently have and i think there is a v- everyone kind of internal not everyone i, I don't want to speak in too too generally <laughs> but uh, a lot of people feel this kind of impulse that okay society at one point in time really really just needed to be very productive you know yeah yeah like we didn't have enough 
of the things that we need to survive yeah. as a whole. And so, you know, in that sense, capitalism makes a great deal of sense. Yeah. You know, it is very, very good at producing. Yes. And now I think we all like kind of just as a general consciousness have begun to realize, <laughs> okay, we're really, really, really yeah, productive. <laughs> but why are we being productive? Yeah. You know, what is this productivity aimed towards? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now I think there is kind of like, well, how do we how do we not only move to something that is you know, make this productivity worth something. Yeah. But how do we get from where we are right now, which is looking more and more cataclysmic every mm-hmm. day to a point where, you know, we can actually use the, this, this infrastructure of productivity yeah. in a way that helps everyone, not just the people sitting at the very top. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's a lot of momentum uh-huh. and it's really hard to like push this, ship and like steer the ship and make it turn yes um and we're very clearly heading towards an iceberg yes um but now like (laughs) we have to convince the captain Mm -hmm. that there is an iceberg first like that's the yeah the weird part that we've gotten to now but like yeah that's, (laughs) that's a whole thing yeah and that's i mean just the fact that we can talk about a system that requires mm-hmm. infinite, I mean, room to expand, infinite resources to fun, you know, like mm-hmm. natural resources. Like, obviously, this can't continue the way <laughs> it's going. You know, it has to, we have to alter it somehow. Right. And the, the momentum is such that, like, we're, we're many generations in mm-hmm. to where, like, you and I grew up in this. And we're we're just able to start questioning the premise. Mm -hmm. But like our parents, their parents and their parents Mm -hmm. like maybe might have been questioning the premise, but Mm -hmm. like we're still here. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And they're they're still, you know, the 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 60s obviously had a big psychedelic movement and questioning authority that way. But like, yeah, it didn't quite you know, turn the ship around and then the eighties happened and just wrecked everything. Uh, (laughs) I would recommend a book to you and to whoever is interested in this kind of stuff. Mm. Since you mentioned the sixties. Oh my God. What is the name of that book? Crap. (laughs) Hang on a second. I got my phone, (laughs) but it's by a guy named Mark Fisher, who is someone I am very fond of in terms of, uh, his uh social criticisms yeah he's really the name does ring a bell yeah he is best known for uh two books capitalist realism and um uh, ghosts of my life and these one is about the first one is mm-hmm. about uh how we the, the premise is stated right at the beginning of the book that we're it's easier for us to imagine the end of the world than it is the end of capitalism and kind mm. of then expands upon just the ways in which capitalism is really, really, really good at absorbing criticisms of it or absorbing <laughs> um, its own contradictions. Mm-hmm. And it's just really great read. Uh, then the second one goes to my life is more is less about economics mm. and more about um 
kind of like social trends because mm-hmm. he was a blogger that mm-hmm. talked a lot about uh music in the uk specifically mm-hmm. jungle uh mm-hmm. and and uh, he talks about in that book uh how he gets into like some different theorists like uh derrida and i and that stuff you know gets kind of dry <laughs> but he talks about how um generally we are enamored with the past mm-hmm. nowadays like we are absolutely we are so enamored with the past that our own visions mm-hmm. of the future are just borrowed from previous visions yeah, of the yeah. past like think about that game that that cyberpunk game that's mm-hmm. coming out like that is the 80s yeah, version yeah. of the future we don't yeah. have our own version of the future <laughs> anymore so and it talks about that our imagination for what the future could be mm-hmm. is pretty much dead mm-hmm. uh and that um that's a really profound problem because mm-hmm. it in some ways it 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 suggests that we uh do not we don't have a model anymore for what the future might look like realistically yeah. from this point yeah and that's very you know relevant to what we're we were mm-hmm. talking about but the the third book and <laughs> this is one that he didn't finish he died while he was writing it um i mean it's i think it's called acid communism <laughs> let me double check feel like his his <laughs> his book titles got like even more broad and yeah. like crazy over time. It seems like <laughs> when he started is like I'm going to make this like a, like so that academia will accept me and then he's like nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no point. Um I think it's Mark Acid cuz yeah, yeah. Okay, acid communism. Acid communism, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> I read what little of that exists and um it is basically a thought experiment as to what if the social revolution, mm. the cultural revolution, sorry, mm-hmm. the cultural revolution of the 60s mm-hmm. had accomplished what it set out to accomplish. Yeah. And it's basically a thought experiment talking about how there was so much revolutionary potential during that mm-hmm. time. And there was so much uh, – there was the, – the in some in so many ways, the ingredients seemed right at yeah. that time, but it didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, I would recommend sure, sure. looking that guy up for anyone who's interested in this kind sure. of stuff. He's a very deep thinker. Yeah. Um, what going on that thought, uh-huh. what does the future look like? Because, uh-huh. uh, yeah, right now we, we, pretty much only have like these gestures of what the future looks like from like, this is the sixties future. This right. is the seventies future. This is the eighties future. Yeah. Um, but we don't have like a two thousands future because yeah. it just kind of emulates like, we just Oh, keep- that reminds me of this book that like, and, and that kind of goes into kind of a broader thing in that it seems like, uh, Postmodernism and metamodernism has like kept us from getting past something. Sure. Um, because now we're new things aren't as new anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is a some that we, uh, 
you know, have, how many times have you heard like the phrase where someone was like, I can't believe it's the future now and we don't have jetpacks, you right. know, something along those lines. Like that's kind of an interesting thought though. It's like, we do view ourselves as being in the future right yeah, now, yeah. you know, in some ways, like we see this like technological architecture mm-hmm. that we have and it's just like, how is this mm-hmm. what we have? How is this? We have got these smartphones in this, in this great, uh, you know, like, uh, Potential. Potential through <laughs> technology. Yeah, exactly. Potential through technology to like create something that seems like it ought to just naturally mm-hmm. occur, but it hasn't, you know, that this kind of like utopian type mm. progression. I think it might be a contradiction between the idealized progress mm-hmm. that we all kind of have had, mm-hmm. but then we've also been sort of trained to be complacent by Mm -hmm. capitalism, the culture of capitalism. Mm -hmm. So that like once the future came and went, Mm. we realized that we were the ones who were supposed to bring it into (laughs) reality, but we didn't because we were okay with what we had. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There is, especially in the United States, but I mean, especially in the United States, let me rephrase it, uh, it compared to like a place like France where there is a sure. lot of uh, protest culture. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, but yeah, especially in the United States, like we do seem very much like carved into the path of least resistance, mm. you know? And I, you, yeah, it is one of those things. It's like, I don't want to be too like damning of people because I'm I generally think condemning people for a behavior is less interesting yeah. to me than incentives under- are more compelling to right understanding people. why it is that way mm-hmm. you know and um I mean certainly I'm not I'm a very American person you know I yeah, my yeah. culture is American like I don't view myself as anything else other than that. You know, I wouldn't. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I wouldn't claim to be free of the types of mental traps that I see other people Mm -hmm. getting into. But it is one of those things. It's like, why does it seem to take catastrophic? um, uh, Catastrophic. Events, crises. Events or crises, yeah, uh, to compel us towards action. And I don't mm. I don't have a very um, uh, clean answer to right. that or theory. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like we, we're comfortable. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure, we can say that, like, the world is in crisis right now. But, yeah. like, you and I don't Aren't have... in crisis. <laughs> in a like, direct crisis. Right. We're not, yeah. like... You know, there's not a lion coming to eat us yeah. right now. We are in a house with walls. Yeah. Uh, we like you just ate before coming here. I yeah, ate when I got home. Yeah, like yeah. we don't have, quote unquote, real problems. We do have problems. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things also that like it isn't a scarcity problem. It, it probably never will be again. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> we Scarcity is not the problem. Yeah. The problem, you know, because that is the the precedent that which we can set. You know, we look to the past and what people when people acted out, they they don't have food, you know, they don't mm. have 
uh, housing. They don't have clean water. And now, not to say that <laughs> everyone in America has all those things. Right. Clearly not. Mm-hmm. Um, but the it is there. It, it does exist. Mm-hmm. We could house everyone if we wanted yeah. to. Yeah. We could feed everyone if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. The problem is not that the resources are scarce. Mm-hmm. It's that our distribution model mm-hmm. doesn't cover everyone. I mean, yeah. it's it's a buy-in system. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, and and the 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 way in has was bought out like generations ago there's right. no way in now <laughs> yeah well it's getting harder and harder yeah. yeah to to find your way your way in um and um yeah and i um and i think that we can't look at the past as being a model for what future action is going to have to look like because it's not going to be like okay we're out of food mm-hmm. it's going to be like Oh shit! We Florida's underwater. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, like it's like, yeah. These aren't the crises that the '80s told us about, right? These are, these are like yeah. we didn't think that Facebook could throw an election, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. We it was not these the types of the uh, dystopia we have is very. Uh, or original. Yeah, yeah. It's a very original. (laughs) The sacred text didn't warn us of this. (laughs) Um, But kind of going back to that thought about like uh, the, the, we, especially as Americans have been kind of allowed to be complacent uh, when we think of the like pioneers of the future nowadays, Uh they're like not even American. Uh, Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like Elon Musk isn't american uh-huh. he's a citizen but like yeah uh, and you know he's like the number one the people go like oh who's the future elon musk is living in the future right now mm-hmm. um and then everyone else is like then it's just what the rich <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh jeff bezos but like we can't count on him to do shit yeah we don't uh, Jeff Bezos <laughs> is an interesting figure because it's like what is yeah like elon musk has kind of triangulated himself into a position where it's like, I am the futurist guy, you know, I am, I am, uh, the techno blockchain man, you know, (laughs) you know, that's what people think about it. Like the types of, you know, Tesla is in a lot of ways Mm. indicative of if there was a 2010s version of the future, that Mm. was probably what we'd point to, right? Is that being something of that nature? Um, now, but like Jeff Bezos, like doesn't seem to really represent. Like it's hard to kind of get an idea of what he, what he ideologically represents, right? You know, like or even or even like Bill Gates or as even well. Bill Gates, like yeah. Bill Gates was the future in the nineties, right? But like, and also this is, <laughs> seems to be kind of forgotten. But Bill Gates was despised despised in like the mm. late or not even the late 90s it's like all throughout the 90s and in the 2000s because of the way microsoft was just it was just um it set a precedent for just how uh not malicious it's not the right term but like how just d- just destructive sure, a company sure. could be and, and not in terms of like material destruction but like there was so much cool shit going on with mm-hmm. open source uh, yeah. um, 
software and like the open source communities that were mm. happening where all of this just the, this potential through mm. technology just got um just got eaten up by mm. by microsoft and and then later on apple but yeah like there was so many people that hated bill gates <laughs> and it's this like rehabilitation of him in the mm. in the cultural in the cultural consciousness is mm -hmm kind of interesting and it reminds me a little bit of george bush jr's <laughs> rehabilitation where it's like like you know it's did we really just forget it wasn't that yeah, long yeah, ago yeah. you know <laughs> like what like we see him hanging out with ellen degeneres now it's like okay he's He's a good guy now. Well, he's not as bad as Trump. I'm like, what is that the stand? Like, yeah. are we okay with moving the goalposts like this? Like, it, we're very easily distracted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are very <laughs> um, easily distracted. And, you know, a lot of news has happened since then. There's been a yeah. president in between him. So yeah. it's like we, we've already forgotten. Yeah, that's what, how it feels. Um, But also, I mean, uh, how old are you? Like. I'm too I'm, old. I'm 24. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost 30. So right. 29. Like I'm, uh, I'm 24, and Bush's presidency like didn't affect me as a small child. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so like that doesn't really culturally have an impact on me. Right. And so it's easy for like our generation, quote unquote, to like forget because we weren't really awake then sure we weren't <laughs> interact i mean anything that we would have absorbed from like the socio-political sphere would be through our parents you know we're not gonna yeah. interact we're not gonna watch be watching cnn yeah or whatever yeah. it is but i i did have a thought uh from what you were saying is that uh it seems like american culture is kind of rooted in in worshiping these these ubermensch mm -hmm. um and like we're running out of ubermensch and we're like wait who's supposed to save us now God, <laughs> i mean Friedrich like we, Nietzsche would be rolling in his grave if he <laughs> could hear us describing jeff bezos as an ubermensch i don't know maybe i mean, like I, I didn't call jeff bezos an ubermensch <laughs> yeah. um but like you know i know what steve, you're saying steve jobs yeah. and like, oh, now that Steve Jobs is dead, there's no more like greats. Yeah. Or yeah, we, yeah. Now it's all on Elon Musk. Like, but yeah. we're all we're all a part of this thing. Yeah. Like yeah. to think that there's just gonna be and I mean, which is probably why we worship superheroes now. Yeah. Um is that like we we do worship this idea of like this one person. Who's yeah. going to come in and save us? This Martin Luther King is going to mm -hmm. bring us out of the like civil rights movement. Uh, and like, yeah, yeah. but like, so when one person dies, the whole movement is dead. When right. like, if, if Bernie Sanders has a heart attack and dies, like, is the whole movement dead? Right. That's completely, completely, you know, that's a good <laughs> question. Like it is, you know, there are, I guess, I don't know if there, I don't, I'm not a historian, um, but I've often heard there being a dichotomy in mm. describing historical events as being, you know, um, Oh, son of a bitch. The, like, uh, the great men theory, sure, you sure. know, where the actions of history are 
from the autonomous will of individual mm-hmm. great leaders and, right. and so on and so forth. But and I think that does stem from uh, this American idealism, because I think that if you if you look at Japanese culture yeah. or Chinese culture, which is a very like monocultural, like yeah. us together, like a lot of Japanese media is kind of propagandistic in this way, which is like right. we together are the forward of society yeah, not just yeah, one yeah. person and i think that has a lot to do with the now i i kind of would say though that i think there is a kind of a uh <laughs> a a global attitude that is beginning to resemble each other even in cultures like because i agree there is uh there is a more um, like you are the representative of your family, mm-hmm. you know, you are the representative of your, your culture, you know, yeah. when you are, uh, your success is expected to be brought back and to be, yeah. you know, to be, uh, to be the success of your, of you, where you came from, mm-hmm. you know, that that is a very Eastern idea. Uh, and that the, on the other, on the flip side, you have, Western kind of hyper liberal view, and I'm using liberal referring to classical. liberalism. Yes, yes. Classic <laughs> liberal, classical liberalism uh, view of the individual as mm-hmm. being a autonomous, you know, uh, will driven mm-hmm. uh, person, and that the that the our moral landscape exists as. Every, you know, you are entitled to what you mm-hmm. can accomplish with your own sure. hands. That, and that's they're they're not they're not contradictory ideas until they are. You know, <laughs> and, but I do think there is because you know, like there's a very interesting study. I'm I'm going to look this up afterward because my phone is about to die. There's but a charger right there. You have oh, an there iPhone? is. Yeah, excellent. It's a long cable. Wow, that yep. is. Perfectly located right next to me. Which means now you can look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So it was basically the study was uh, which countries have the – and obviously it's going to be sample-driven, but which countries have the most uh, optimistic view of capitalism going forward, Hmm. you know? And Japan was – the you know, the least critical huh. of capitalism yeah. and that's odd when you think of capitalism as really being the economic embodiment of liberalism you know liberalism mm-hmm. really ex- is in some ways a justification for how capitalism operates mm-hmm. you know it's to say well these people got what they got you know are able to accumulate mm-hmm. what they accumulated because they because they were the these individuals right yeah, yeah they climb the ladder and they and you know bootstraps and all that but let me see if i can find it real quick um countries i will at least vamp on yeah the idea though that uh it's a little ironic also that Japan, uh, who is not creating a new population to replace itself, is also optimistic about capitalism in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, whose who's future? <laughs> right, yeah. Because um, it doesn't seem to 
they don't seem to be looking towards their own individual future. Yeah. Because they're not having kids. <laughs> well, we aren't either, to be fair. Not as, it's not as much, it's not as big a problem as right. well, it is in Japan, but yeah. That that's a whole thing. We could, that is a that is a rabbit hole we could sure, easily sure. Just <laughs> a whole lot of time going down. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, we're not having kids because we don't have any money for it. Uh, Yang Gang UBI, all that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> we need we we probably need to pivot to Yang at some point because I really am interested to hear what you know what drew you to Yang. Mm. Uh, you know, I've I've got. Luckily for me, I have friends that pretty much uh, I, I've got friends that will pretty much go for any can. I don't have any Klobuchar friends that um, I don't think any of those exist. They're, <laughs> they're older than me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so. like, I don't I don't think I've seen one in the Internet. Yeah. I don't think I've seen like they're just the ones who are watching CNN and we're like, that seems like a fine lady. Yeah. It just doesn't, I don't get any bad vibes from her. I don't really get any vibes from her, which is exactly yeah. what I want. I think uh, it's probably <laughs> the crossover of people that are just really, really hungry for a female president, but also are very much of kind of the middle of the path, mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of Joe Biden esque, like people that would oh, vote gosh. for Joe Biden, but really want a female president. And, um, but I also don't know because really what happens when I try to get people to elaborate their political beliefs all the time yeah. is that it's like there doesn't really seem to be as clean a I am, you know, like we're talking about the good. Yeah, the yeah. Grid. It doesn't seem like people really follow follow on that very, very neatly. Like I have friends that are very, very, very identity politics driven. Mm. And I don't mean that, and I that can come off as derogatory. That's not. I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, but they're that is. But they don't. They're not as invested in things like talking about the you know to them the income disparity gets is an old topic, and they get tired mm. of hearing it. You know, <laughs> um, they may not disagree, mm-hmm. but they don't. It's clearly not a preference mm-hmm. or a a high you know high on their list of preferences yeah in terms of and that's you know it's like how the you know to me, in my mind these things clearly are correlated yeah exactly so, <laughs> yeah. so much like that how could you separate them but mm-hmm. but that's my experience is that they do that people do and they have a weird amalgamation of different ideas mm-hmm. um but yeah luckily for me i do have friends of pretty much every kind of mm-hmm liberal or conservative you would imagine <laughs> well not i i do not have any very far right friends i i have <laughs> i have some very far right friends yeah i i i'm not very i don't like <laughs> block people out of my life very often in terms and i don't do it for political reasons almost ever but i tend to push people away <laughs> because i am like as you know, very vocal yes, about yes. my opinion. I don't block anyone, yeah. but I have been blocked. I exactly. Or, or I have been unfriended. Exactly. Uh, because of uh, really just trying to have a conversation and they yeah. did not want to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I would be the first to admit I can be an asshole sometimes about that stuff. I, I get my, my patience can be tested very quickly <laughs> when it comes to like, I don't need to explain to you why X or Y person 
uh, is marginalized and needs to be needs representation. Mm. I, I don't have the patience to do that kind of stuff. You right, know, so. right. <laughs> yeah, I think I found it here. Let's see here. But sorry, uh, yeah. Uh, if you don't want to go down that that path right now, that's fine. But I would at some point like to. Oh yeah, no, I'll sure. I'll happily talk about how I fell into the Yang Gang, but uh, with. I like kind of forgot why you were pulling this up. What was this article? What <laughs> well, we're talking about? Yeah, that we kind of that, that topic kind of came and went. We're talking about uh, Eastern and Western. Views oh yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of, yes, the optimism towards capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of ism. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I will. You know what? I'll just send, I'll look for this later because I'm not. It's hard for me to multitask right now. Yeah, no, it's hard to like keep a conversation going while also Googling. So, right. But I'll I'll send it to you. You can look at it if you want. Um, But yeah, no, I think the what happened with me is that so I, I kind of jumped in way early on. Like one of the first podcasts that uh, Yang was on was. Sam Harris's podcast, which mm-hmm. at the time was called Waking Up and right. is now making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, and I I really like Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fell into Sam Harris whenever I became an atheist and mm-hmm. like got, uh, you know, the, the, the early atheism is like very angry and smug. And so like, oh yeah, Richard Dawkins. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, Richard Dawkins is kind of an asshole. Uh, but, a total but yeah, he, he's a really <laughs> smug prick, but <laughs> we, we could do this all day, but South Park did it for us. So, <laughs> um, but like Sam Harris seems to be like the most reasonable of the, like, he really just likes ideas and refining mm-hmm. them. And that's like, I love Sam Harris, but uh, he had been talking about, universal basic income and kind of been talking to people about like, well, is this looking at the way that things are going? Mm -hmm. Universal basic income should be an option here. Mm -hmm. Um, And then lo and behold, Andrew Yang jumps in the podcast. I think it was like 2018 Mm -hmm. uh, might've been 2017 even. Um, And he's like, yep, I'm running for president yeah. For 2020, which I was like, whoa, seems a little early there, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was like, and my main thing is universal basic income. But then he used like just straight up data, which right. of course is refreshing from uh, to hear from anyone involved in politics in the slightest. Yeah. Um, and so I think the biggest thing is just that like he's a technocrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that word hasn't come up in discussions mm-hmm. i think uh regarding yang but technocrat is the word for it he's someone who's using like experts and their data mm-hmm. to arrive at decisions and policies so yeah. that we can you know <laughs> instead of just going off of ideals and feelings we can not that other candidates don't but like the the moral of it the the philosophy of it is to like here's the information like information in information out right and so if if this is the problem and this is what the data is telling us then this should be the solution right if that like 
why should we do anything else? Uh, yeah. And so it's it's a very science driven mentality. And so what what it came to with with UBI is that like it seems like automation is going to be a problem, and it seems like we're going to have to do something about the people who just won't have jobs anymore and we'll need time to transition and all this stuff. And no, of course a thousand dollars a month won't do everything for people, but it'll sure like help a lot. Yeah. Um, and that, that's just been the biggest thing. It's like just a, a pragmatic, like we can't fix everything. Yeah. That's, that's a lie. Nothing no one is coming to be a superhero to save the day. Right. But let's do a little something and fix it over time and then use the information from that and keep moving forward and doing all of the stuff to like, again, information and in, information out. Right. Um, and that like his, what makes Yang appeal to me is the, willingness to learn and grow because that's the whole ideal yeah um and so if there's something that like he might have had on his policies a year or so ago uh uh, especially as he's growing and taking input from a bunch of different sources he's like oh i see why that position might be crappy so let me adjust that and like um he he's just really like which is why he has so many policies uh, because it's like, this seems like a dumb problem that we're still doing for no reason. Yeah. The data doesn't support it. So let's get rid of it. He wants to get rid of the penny. And it's like, that seems like a non issue that he wants to solve, but it's like eh, millions of dollars that we could just not waste. So let's not. Uh, And so it's, it's silly and it's a little funny but it's like well, no, it, no that ideal that. of like I see a problem, here's data that points to that problem, here's data that points to the solution, let's just do that solution. And no no identity politics, no anything of that sort. It's just like here's what the numbers it's show. It's very sterile in that regard. Yeah. And that's yeah, I, I appreciate that. I uh Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, I kind of finished a thought. So go ahead. Okay, (laughs) respond. (laughs) So (laughs) before I kind of go towards the problems I have with Andrew Yang, I feel like and addressing what you're saying and 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 what you know the what kind of like a aspects of Andrew Yang's campaign really appealed to you. Mm -hmm. I can easily see the appeal of basically, basically all of what you were describing. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, I think the candidate, the race towards the democratic candidacy is worse off without Andrew Yang. Mm -hmm. I do. I will say that very confidently. I, very much he and uh marianne williamson and yeah. tom steyer who is still in the race and somehow. i somehow yeah same same thing with klobuchar i've never seen <laughs> right. or heard of any tom steyer right stan but i'm no and i neither have <laughs> i uh 
but I don't think those are three candidates. I'm happy are in the race (laughs) because they bring up issues that other candidates do not bring up. Mm -hmm. And I, there are issues I think are important. And I think it's very easy, especially um, for people that are casual checkers in on Mm -hmm. uh, uh, politics. It's very easy for media to set the range of acceptable topics, mm-hmm. the Overton window. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and for us to kind of, you know, there is a reason that trans rights is just now a thing mm-hmm. that gets talked about. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's because no one talked about it. I mean, it's that simple, you right, know, right. it's, uh, it's the, no one who had the eyes, you know, that mm-hmm. had eyes on them. No one was willing to make that their issue. And mm-hmm. in that regard, you know, UBI was a thing that was very possible back in the sixties. I mm-hmm. mean, Richard Nixon of all people yeah. was someone who originally started talking about yeah. universal basic income. Um, and it just didn't become a topic of conversation that people championed. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, Yang has been great. It's mm-hmm. great to have someone talking about these types of things. Yes. So now we're going to get to the part <laughs> where I, I do it. I, I don't uh, where I wouldn't uh, jump on board with him. And here <laughs> is the, the biggest thing is for me that Andrew Yang like you said that he was presented with information with other, with certain topics and he's had to alter his positions mm-hmm. right i can appreciate that in a given context uh but it is also and once again what you're having to do you can't say any of these things conclusively like you can say it's good to see that a candidate who will take in information mm-hmm. Uh, that is a different than what they believe and change their views mm-hmm. w- according to information. But that can also easily be a thing where this is not a popular opinion. You know, I need to change this because I need to maintain mm-hmm. popularity. I don't know what it is for Yang. No one does, but Yang, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you can't know these things. Um, in the same sense that because this is very reminiscent to a thing that was really issued at Hillary Clinton. You know, she was not she did not she was not a um, supporter of uh, gay marriage mm-hmm. in, when she was, you know, in her uh, kind of in the in most the majority of her political career it wasn't until her presidency her run for presidency where that began to change Mm -hmm. that's suspicious Mm -hmm. you know you can't once again you can't say conclusively what's going on Mm -hmm. no one knows but hillary clinton right you know but that is one of the problems that i had with yang is that he had his moment he had the thing that he was passionate about the ubi Mm -hmm. thing and he had a number of other things, mm-hmm. but it was what was around the edges that I felt like he either wasn't didn't care as much about, mm. didn't think it was as important or just flat out had some bad opinions mm. about. And those were the types of things that was like, OK, well, you know, there Bernie Sanders exists already. You know, I civil rights is as important to me as mm. um 
and I'm not saying it's not important to, to Andrew Yang once again, I don't know, but like it wasn't, it wasn't expressed in a way that mm-hmm. I felt was, you know, his campaign to me didn't do a very good job of expressing his interest in civil rights or mm-hmm. his passion of civil rights if mm-hmm. it exists. Bernie Sanders, you know, I can look back towards the 80s and there are photos of him, you know, getting arrested for being involved with sure. civil rights marches. Sure. That's that to me is consistency and consistency, especially consistency that aligns with the things that I care about. Right. Is, you know, it's a no brainer for me. Right. Uh, and here is the the for me the dagger in the heart of the issue <laughs> is that UBI is a tough cookie. It is a tough cookie. Um, UBI is a, we have to, we have to really be careful with social programs that, um, that, reallocate funds in a way uh, we have to be I'm I'm not doing a very good job of of explaining myself here let me let me try to rephrase this so UBI uh, is a solution to a problem the problem here is not and this is important not that the economy is doing poorly Mm-hmm. The economy is not doing poorly. Yes. <laughs> you know, so we, uh, so how is it that we need a, an economic stimulus when mm-hmm. the economy is not doing, is, is doing great. Mm-hmm. In fact, because <laughs> there are, because there is an income inequality. Yeah. Right. Ultimately, the reason this is appealing is because mm-hmm. people need more money than they have. Yeah. Like we understand that. Okay. So. Why do people why is there income inequality? You know, that's the burning mm-hmm. question here, because mm-hmm. if you answer that question, you can un- you can start to begin to how to you can start to begin to form a, a, a method mm-hmm. for solving it. Sure. Right. So, you know, Bernie Sanders also is addressing this issue when mm-hmm. he's talking about taxing, you mm-hmm. know, the the millionaires and billionaires. Sure. Everyone's heard him say it, <laughs> yes. you know, Um well, he that, stopped saying millionaires when he became a millionaire. That's that's a silly thing, but yeah. <laughs> I mean that's a dumb attack thing, but yeah. It's sure. Whatever. <laughs> you know, like, I you know, um, as long as he's holding himself to the same standard he's holding yeah, everyone else, I I don't care I'm if he's kidding, a it's dumb. I, know, I, know, <laughs> I know you are. Um I guess that was a an answer at whoever would right, right. actually legitimately throw yeah. that question out. But um <laughs> Yeah, the so the UBI is going to give so we know money doesn't come from nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. So where is the money coming from? Well, Andrew Yang has a very clear plan that he's mm-hmm. outlined and basically what he is suggesting is that we uh we reallocate funds mm-hmm. that are already being allocated. Yes. Okay. Uh, so people opt in, right? Mm-hmm. They opt into this, mm-hmm. uh, and to do that, essentially, if you are already receiving social benefits mm-hmm. through a program, uh, you are that is going to be taken into consideration mm-hmm. when you receive. Uh, what was the? I'm I'm blanking on the name of that. The stimulus. freedom dividend. Free, freedom dividend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you are essentially. Um, trading one mm-hmm. for the other you're saying i'd rather this be in the form of currency i can use for whatever sure. okay here's the problem with this 
it doesn't address the 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 problem that the we have a system that allows accumulation to an absurd degree. Mm-hmm. We if it, it's not coupled mm-hmm. with a a means of leveling the playing field, it's what it's doing essentially is take think of it like a classroom analogy. Okay, mm-hmm. everyone's got all kids have their lunch money. Okay, mm-hmm. and they they're all going to. Uh, they're all going to school and there are bullies. And I know that people would take issue with this. Just bear with me. (laughs) I know that they're they're like, well, actually, you know, (laughs) but bear with me. Um, There are bullies that are taking the kids lunch money and leaving them with a little bit left. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so basically what we're, what's happening in this situation is that all the kids that are getting bullied here, they put their money together and then they're re spreading it out mm-hmm. to make sure that everyone's getting mm-hmm. what they need. Okay. But it doesn't deal with the bully problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, my problem with the UBI is that why is it the social programs? Why is it not taxation on the rich? That is the problem. The problem is this mass accumulation. Do you, do you know what value added taxes? Hmm. <laughs> Have, well, I didn't have you heard? Saying. Do you know what value added tax is? Uh, have you heard? Like, I'm not sure. All the, Explain. Okay. Um, so, I mean, similar to a sales tax. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just oh, yeah, anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Anytime yeah. a transaction is made, mm-hmm. a percentage of that right. gets added and then yes. that goes to the government. Right. I remember this. Um, when yeah. And so, program. Yeah. Uh, there would be a. VAT tax, mm-hmm. VAT, right. value added tax, on luxury goods. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, all the criteria of things would determine. And so uh, basically you can get around a wealth tax. There's mm-hmm. so many ways that, you know, accounting is just a, a very refined academic way of avoiding taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with essentially a sales tax you can't avoid that because you'd have to just not buy things mm-hmm. um as opposed to a wealth tax which you can find ways of getting around. well i mean and every uh every european country has seen that a wealth tax is, is ineffective for taxing uh the rich because they get around it so they've switched to a value-added tax because it actually does take the money from them (laughs) well we can get into foreign countries at another time that's another rabbit hole that's that's just again data in data out i what works what doesn't work well that doesn't seem to work about that too like that that's the thing is like these models are coming out especially of like the uh the the swedish model right Mm. which uh which some people call socialist um uh the swedish version of socialism mm. i guess uh, <laughs> i mean the in that case the we can't there's not enough information to say one way or the other at that point because the we don't we haven't played that out to its contradictory point right mm. the the point at which the um, the wealth tax was uh, was introduced mm-hmm. you know there was a massive period of success mm-hmm. with regards to that yeah. in the swedish model mm-hmm. so like 
we don't know what the future of that is going to be. It's not mm-hmm. something that has played itself out. Now, I don't have a problem with a VAT tax um, with if it's coupled with uh, with wealth taxation. And here's the thing is like that could be an option, this, too. I don't know. Right. <laughs> like but the problem my problem is the is the social programs that to me. So. Is this is the, I have a really good rebuttal for this. Okay. Have you ever been on welfare? Have I ever been on yeah. welfare? No, I've not been on welfare. Okay. Uh, I've never been on welfare. I've known people who have been on welfare. Uh-huh. Uh, it really sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you essentially are encouraged to not make more money. Uh-huh. Uh, same as being on disability. You're essentially encouraged not to get better right it's like the precious conundrum yeah um and so welfare actually encourages people to stay down Mm -hmm. well instead what do you mean stay down this is a this is a loaded term here (laughs) right well stay like below the means that causes someone to uh be to qualify for welfare Uh uh-huh um, and a lot of times it's less than a thousand dollars, which is what they're receiving. Right. So why what? would, why would I take food stamps that only work in certain situations? Uh-huh. And it's only like, let's say $500 a month, right. whenever I could have a thousand dollars a month and I mean, it's, use it wherever I want. Why not both? Like that's my, that's my rebuttal to that. Why do we, are we aiming, why are we looking at this as a problem like, of either or of either or mm-hmm. like it's the these are the people that clearly need it the most anyway mm-hmm. you know right well because once once you go above that mm-hmm. then you lose i mean you, you as it stands but it's not that not for disability mm-hmm. uh you know that's not going to you know erase uh, a disability it, uh the freedom dividend would stack with the uh with ssdi and social security as well so uh, I'll have to look into, I don't, I don't know it. I don't know the freedom dividend back, you know, yeah, to such no, a degree I've, where I can talk about I'm that. I'm so used to this argument on the internet. So I, like, I, I know it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, I, it, it doesn't change my mind though. Mm. It's, so, it, uh, it's, it is pragmatism mm. because it's like, it's really hard to, uh, convince people to just give people money because mm-hmm. already conservatives are like, ah, oh, why are we giving people money? Um, that's it. You can't <laughs> let you can't let the opposite opposition set the boundaries for what you it. You have to in a democracy. OK, <laughs> no, you don't. And that's exactly why Donald Trump exists right now. Mm. That is <laughs> the exact reason that the alt-right has came to prominence and and has that's exactly why we have a wall being motherfucking built at the border no you don't what you have to do is not to find compromise what you have to do is to make your ideas understood and to make them be mm-hmm. uh so strong that they sure. can't be easily you know like yeah, you have to make them fair. popular sure that's fair uh, and so, no, I mean, I just re- I resist the idea that, you know, that is this is a, comp- a, a constant game of compromise. Uh, now, 
once you know it does the 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 thing is with with ubi and all of this like you know we're we're in the beginning of this conversation we're talking about long-term goals (laughs) and And this is a very short term right what we're trying to do is come up with a solution to this is a solution to income inequality Mm -hmm. it's the only thing that it makes sense to be Mm -hmm. a solution to it's Mm -hmm. not a solution to uh to I mean, it can be mm-hmm. an economic stimulus, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and also, I'm sure you I'm sure you ran into this, but the rent control is a big issue mm. as well. Uh, you can't the uh, UBI doesn't count as income. And so you can't it's it's like you, nitty gritty nonsense. Um, but what do you mean you can't uh, like the freedom dividend wouldn't count as income? And so uh-huh. it doesn't. But we. But if it's into every American's getting it, you know that they're getting it, right? As, as someone it, who is a landlord. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What's to stop you from raising the prices? I have a different philosophy from what the Yang cult is saying, but uh-huh. I think that local government should be running that. Uh, rent is very different in different places. Uh, Rent in San Francisco is very different from rent in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Local local governments should be. What's your incentive to do that? Uh, I mean, people voting, but that's a different. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm the I'm a Chomsky guy. I right. think if manu if consent can be manufactured, it will be mm. manufactured. Mm. And I uh, so you know in that regard with rent control, you know that is. If there is a possibility that states will not, mm-hmm. right, they right, won't. yeah, it's just that they already like doing it federally will not account for the variability in like that's the whole reason why states' rights is a thing. <laughs> I mean, I think states' rights is a thing because of to so that racist policies can be passed more easily. That was, in my opinion, the precedent of the increased power of states' rights, especially back in... Sure. Um, But it is true that, like, states have different things about their different areas that make them different from... Again, California is not Oklahoma for various reasons. Their Mm -hmm. economies are very different and all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I don't like like this area of things because it like I'm I'm essentially a libertarian pragmatically and I'm a communist ideally <laughs> uh true. and so it's like really annoying to like contradict myself uh <laughs> um <laughs> um that's an interesting way of saying that uh, right um but like yeah the the economies are different in different states and so everyone has to deal with that and like we should really be championing local politics a lot more than we already are yeah well <laughs> we should be involved with local politics and i guess uh, that would involve championing i i uh you know i'm i am skeptical to the degree with which i you know i think uh you need to there there's a term that is called dual power and i'm not going to get into that because idiots really sticky really quickly mm-hmm. in terms of especially with the associations yeah. it has with like leninism and things like that and i don't am not <laughs> trying to get on here and espouse 
Leninism. <laughs> you know, uh, I, yeah. um, I'm not here to try and do that. Tired um, of tankies. Tankies, yeah. Um, what I am going to say, though, is that the concept of dual power is is uh, important and the idea of having a, you know, when you're talking about building a different kind of society, a different kind mm-hmm. of world, the having a parallel structure, a structure that starts to emerge mm-hmm. that provides the types of things that the ruling mm-hmm. power provides and, you know, kind of going against that mm-hmm. is where you is how people have described uh, how revolutions can can mm-hmm. get a foothold. You know, yeah. now I once again, I'm not going down that path any more than just a basic <laughs> description. But what I think the important no, takeaway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the important takeaway I'm getting here is that, you know, with local politics and with um, the democracy as it currently exists mm. in the United States, uh, the the uh, going back to the the sixties. is such a great example for almost all the stuff we've been talking about because mm-hmm. you see so much progressive legislation come out of the sixties. Mm. So 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 much mm. out of both the administrations of Nixon, but mm. also Johnson. Mm-hmm. And you, and you also see this in parallel with mm. intense social pressure. Mm-hmm. You see not only the Cultural Revolution, but the civil rights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the civil rights movement coming mm. out of that. You see the Black Panthers. You know, yeah. and this is it's very easy to talk about. Once again, going back to like great man theory. Mm-hmm. You know, that to say, well, you know, these are the policies of Johnson. These are mm-hmm. the policies of Nixon. Yeah, but really, they were shaped by exactly the of the they're, time. They're they're it's social pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no un, there's no denying it. In the same sense that the New Deal comes out mm-hmm. with, in in at the same time that labor movement has reached its its peak mm-hmm. in the United States. You know. And it's there's, you know, these things are very easy to see correlations, you mm. know. So we should be thinking not only about how do we, you know, everyone of course should vote and everyone should be a part of even local, mm-hmm. but like local, um, uh, local government. But the the phrase, uh, think globally, act locally, or, right? Yeah, that or that's whatever inversion of that phrase that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> We that's of course I would say important, um, but it has to, in my mind be coupled with you need you know you need to we need right now in America the protest culture that exists in France we need mm-hmm. that parallel power yeah. that yeah. dual power right mm-hmm. that this threat that listen if you don't take care of things mm-hmm. we're going to take care of it ourselves sure you know and that is the type of thing that is, those types of situations is when you see the greatest amount of progress mm-hmm. yeah past no i agree with that mm-hmm. um uh last point mm-hmm. on ubi and we just like yeah, yeah, yeah down the um i think that for a uh, very valid criticism of like yang didn't talk enough about like social issues and like mm-hmm. uh UBI on a very direct level, mm-hmm. di- like acknowledges those social issues by providing uh, an economic out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like women in abusive 
relationships don't have the means to leave that abusive relationship. If they have a thousand dollars a month, they can, um, for, uh, Ignoring cultural pressure and cultural, you know, like yeah, cultural hegemonic situations. aspects, then yes. But yeah, I um, see what you're getting at. I don't want to, I don't want to. Right, right. Uh, trans kid gets kicked out of their house and like the similar, like lots of stuff can be faced with like, of course, it doesn't solve everything, mm-hmm. but it nudges us in the right direction. Yeah. And uh, like a thousand dollars a month would change my life. Yeah, it would change a lot of people's life uh, for the better. It would make the uh, it would take the the boot off our necks or uh, mm-hmm. whatever the phrase is used, yeah. uh, so that we can actually do something about these problems. Yeah, rather than just like struggling from paycheck to paycheck, uh-huh. and that's the that's the main incentive i think right. um and so all of all of the the milieu that comes amongst like well you're not talking about trans rights you're not talking about women's rights you're not talking about black people's rights and it's like all of mm-hmm. like the thing about it is that it's universal mm-hmm. and it helps everyone in all of these ways i mean so yeah i obviously agree that these are all economic issues and not and I don't want to essentialize them because I don't think we can. No, it's, good, it's more complex than yeah, just economic faith, issues. Obviously, right. It's it's messy. And I think we yeah. can both agree with that. It's messy. But there's no doubt a correlation between yeah. the, you know, uh, economics and social issues. They're, they're intertwined at the hip. Um, and I, of course, agree with that. And. Those are criticisms that could easily be tossed at Bernie Sanders. And I think mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes I think, it's fair to I be honest. I think the federal jobs guarantee is dystopian looking in my opinion. And I'd rather he replace it with UBI. And if I could vote, mm-hmm. I wouldn't vote for Bernie Sanders if he didn't have UBI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't think he is going to champion UBI. I don't yeah, know. well, because like his opponent was Yang, and so he had to like say something bad about UBI, even though he supported UBI in the past. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay. I mean, I UBI is not my issue, and in, in the sense that I still am not. I, I, the things that you're bringing up are fair. I like I like the fact that you're talking about the, uh, the VAT tax in terms of the European. Mm. parallel i think it's always tough when you're talking and this is i I get getting too close to a conservative talking point (laughs) um i think it's very tough when you're talking about two different types of countries what you know what works for one country isn't going Mm. to necessarily work but that's also not me saying that it wouldn't work there's there's a separate conversation about just like why do you need to stray away from conservative talking points if they're just like valid talking points well yeah well i'm what i'm what i mean by that is like I don't I don't want to have to I don't want to have to justify <laughs> yeah. why we need to take care of, of our citizens here, yeah. uh, like why we need to try and find some kind of model where people can get mm. 
uh, where people can get the health care that they need yeah, or people can get the services that they need. Mm-hmm. I don't I get tired of having to with conservatives justify why that's an important issue. So, you know, when conservatives go to, well, you know, you know, Sweden is a homogenous culturally, right, right. Yeah. you know, whatever, <laughs> smaller country, you know, that's why it works. It's like, well. Oh God, you know, it's just, it's just, I, I'm the reason I don't want to stray towards that argument is because I'm tired of having that yes. argument. I'm yes. tired, I don't want to, I have to do that with anyone else either, yeah. but no, you're right. If it's, if it's a valid argument, it's a valid argument, but, uh, yeah, with UBI, I mean, I don't think we're going to see eye to eye here and that's fine. We know that mm. we probably knew that going into this, yeah. but, uh, I think that UBI in my mind for me to ever support it would have to include would have to level actively level the playing field and i don't see that especially when the a lot of what exists as wealth hmm. for wealthy people exists as speculation of wealth hmm. That, you know, that yes, buying power is part of being wealthy, but mm. a lot of what being wealthy is also is that you are perceived as wealthy. Right, right. Right? Like, uh, there is a whole thing. This is a great story. You can, uh, we can, t- you know, talk about privately some yeah. other time, but. Yeah, of course. Uh, and Donald Trump is like definitely millions in the hole, but he's perceived as wealthy. Right. So, like, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, Probably billions. there are plenty of companies that exist that get funding or say, you know, if you do this, I mean, this is not, I'm not explaining anything new to anyone who has had a business class, you know, mm-hmm. like, but you know, there are plenty of businesses that say, you know, this is what we're asking for. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we will, we are going to commit this much. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been trans. There's no yeah, transactions yeah, yeah. made, but you, then they go to the next, the mm-hmm. next investor and they yeah, say, money's a lie. Right. They said, yeah, exactly. They said this this amount of money has been invested mm-hmm. or has been committed. What you know, can we get you to commit? And then all of a sudden you've got a multi billion dollar mm-hmm. uh company that doesn't have any money whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like right. this is and shell corporations and umbrella corporations. Right. And all that exactly. Nonsense. A lot of money doesn't exist only as money that is spent or money like it is money that is it's invisible. It's hypothetical. Yeah, hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, this is an important thing distinction. And I I just think uh <laughs> what's kind of strange is as much as I get on to other Democrats for being too honed in on symbolic victories, mm-hmm. there is something to be said for I how I would have been more interested in Yang if he had been more visibly aggressive towards the ruling class, mm-hmm. uh, that he used language that, uh, v- that was meant to be, um, and that's not, and I don't want you to get the impression that that's why I vote yeah. for Bernie Sanders. Once again, I would vote for, I, I would vote for Yang in a heartbeat right. if it was, move what I consider to be closer toward what I believe are the correct solutions. I think that probably what the greater philosophy of it is that it was more like, let's not focus on what divides us and let's Mm -hmm. just raise everyone up. And, and it's hard to like, you know, it's hard to 
talk about here's things for every American and not you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because politics has gotten and like I'm I'm tired mm-hmm. of the like us them dichotomy mm-hmm. all the time even if it is like the worst of the worst mm-hmm. like them even if it is the worst of the worst i'm just tired of like i know we're all human beings i know we're all one thing if you mm-hmm. listen to the podcast where i was interviewed by mac i mm-hmm. think that the universe can be where we can the galaxy will move as the same way that we move our arm Mm -hmm. uh and that's like a unification that i idealize in a weird philosophical spiritual way right and the more that we get focused on these stupid little like i'm brown and you're not that's a problem yeah it's so annoying and useless to me and of course i agree with that (laughs) i i just don't agree when it comes to income inequality and i Mm. i don't agree when it comes to power uh power differentials you Mm. know like yeah of course i agree well even then like i of course would never say like you know you we should not get along because we're mm. of different <laughs> cultural backgrounds, right. you know, like or not. We're essentially the same. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, it's an example, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I also think there need, we need to be aware, like there is, you know, it's not civility is not is not an unambiguously good thing, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm not, I'm not talking about like, oh, we have to be civil, but it's just like, yeah. Can we just make everyone better without having to like push someone down? I mean, I think you can I don't think you can as it stands right <laughs> now. I think in a vacuum, yes. Mm-hmm. I well, agree. Well, right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, what is making the rich, you know, worse? Right. Uh, the whole like how much wealth is actually necessary wealth and like you can take a chunk off of that and they won't actually see a difference right. so it's like you're not actually pushing them down but it's a necessary thing that you need to take away and like well, well they're not like, going to view yeah. it that way right <laughs> no I know and that's that's a whole thing but like yeah. you know it's it's broad language because in the end like yeah you can just say like we're making things better and yeah. I think that the ideal of like having the 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 dual power thing to where the people are able to actually rise up i don't think that with as poor as we are we're able to even consider doing that like i like me or someone else couldn't skip work Uh to like go to a protest couldn't skip work to go vote couldn't skip like because that one hour of we're like rolling the dice yeah yeah and so like that's why ubi is the most important thing on on my list because it like it contributes to everything else it like you can't you can't have people protesting in the streets if they like if they miss a day of work and it means missing a meal well i mean bernie sanders addresses this too you know i mean part of he doesn't have ubi (laughs) <laughs> it's not UBI, but it's it is you know 
you know, he's been a champion of increasing right. the minimum wage. And the, the minimum, that's not <laughs> a small thing. Right. You know? But like, if you are homeless or if you're disabled, you can't work anyways. If you like are a stay at home mom, you can't work anyways. Yeah. Those people aren't going to see a difference in a minimum wage increase. If you already make above $15 an hour and you uh, are still struggling, $15 minimum wage increase isn't going to do anything for you. So like, it, mm-hmm. all of these things are just in yes, the zeitgeist of the Yang cult. Yes, uh, but the but <laughs> Medicare for our... our <laughs> Let me try that again. Medicare for all will, you know, that right. is, and Yang also supports universal health care. Well, it's not the same, but uh, in the same way that you said that there's a path to the thing uh-huh. that Bernie has. So does Yang. It's a whole but okay. it's a big misconception about it. And it's annoying. Okay. <laughs> Once again, I I'm not in I don't have encyclopedic knowledge over all the, the candidates. Uh, yeah, I I think at this point. And, uh, you know, we're talking about the difference between two candidates. Uh, mm. And, you know, I do hope the language of Yang gets because, mm. I mean, Yang's candidacy is over at this point yeah. for 2020 for 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the best thing that I think could come out of this is that people are forced now mm-hmm. to deal in this election cycle. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm still confining it to this. There are people are forced to deal with the ideas that he brought in. Mm-hmm. And once again, I, I am a fan of that. I think we need an infrastructural change. And I know that you see <laughs> Yang as providing that infrastructural change. I do not. Right. I see Bernie Sanders as being far more, mm-hmm. It's because it's not just the income; mm. it's also healthcare. Right, it's right. Also, and and and, I, and this, once again, it's a moot point. You know, this, right, right. We we can't rewind the clock with that. Mm. So I think my position now would be, you know, the compromise I would extend to mm. Yang supporters as being, and I. Fuck me! I do not want to be the the, <laughs> <laughs> the ambassador for the Bernie right, Sanders right. party. I do not like echo chambers at all. Yeah, you know, I try my best not to be a part of those things. Uh, God um, help the person who wants to be the ambassador for the Bernie I Sanders. No, well, yeah, for any group, but yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I mean, Bernie Sanders supporters can be unbelievably annoying. I'm I would be the first person to tell you yeah. to say that, but I think you know playing ambassador here for a second. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, I would say the thing I would extend, the olive branch I would extend mm-hmm. to the Yang supporters here is if there is a candidate that is going to ha- is going to take your ideas into consideration, mm-hmm. who do you think it's going to be? You think it's going to be Joe Biden? I don't. No, I yeah. think you're very unlikely. Yeah. You think it's going to be, I mean, Pete yeah, Buttigieg, yeah. maybe, but, I don't know no, what the hell that guy stands no, for. No, he's in the pocket of all the billionaires. Right. We all know this. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. I mean, Those I'm coin being generous flips, man. here. The coin flips. The coin flips. Yeah. Oh god. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know the. I'm what my what I would say is if anyone ha- is going to have to reconcile the mm-hmm. language that Yang used, the ideas that he espoused, Bernie Sanders is going mm-hmm. to be the this the candidate to do that. Yeah. And so I would say continue fighting for what you think mm-hmm. is right. Continue yeah. fighting for what you think is going to work. Ultimately, 
you know, I, I'm not going to say this for every Bernie Sanders to every Yang supporter, but at least you and I can mm-hmm. say we have similar models for yeah, what yeah. a good lasting future will yeah, look like. Exactly. And so we disagree on how to get there. Right. But, you know, at the very beginning of this, you, there's been so much <laughs> literature written about yeah. how do we get there? No one really agrees. So yeah. my <laughs> my advice to the, the Yang gangers is don't you know you don't have to sacrifice your ideals you don't have i'm not asking you to compromise in terms of fighting for what you believe but i'm saying yang's candidacy is over now Mm -hmm. if you want these ideas pushed the best opportunity for you to to make your voice heard is in a candidate that is Mm. has the most overlap and i believe that's bernie sanders right so. Well, thank you, Bernie Sanders, for being on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> the millionaires, <laughs> the billionaires, they'll get what's coming to them. We're going to California. We're going to pull them out of their houses and we're going <laughs> to cut their heads off. We're gonna <laughs> bring out the guillotines. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, what I will say at least is that like so many uh, Yang people were previous uh bernie supporters but also a lot of them were previous trump supporters mm-hmm. and so there's not like That's it's not gonna to me <laughs> but uh because again it's the libertarian like middle ground ish he's he's not entirely libertarian but like he appeals to the libertarian ideal and so like yeah <sighs> somehow i mean ubi doesn't seem like a terribly libertarian thing it seems like a lot of government no goings on it would you rather have the government tell uh-huh. you where you can and can't spend your money and how much money you're allowed to make before we give you money right. or would you rather just get money i mean it seems like the purely libertarian thing would be that pull yourself up by your yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. that you wouldn't have either of those things yeah but like a poor libertarian yeah. like, i'll take a thousand dollar shit i mean anyone would take <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's, that's the point all of that to say um we also talked about like broader philosophical things about society mm. and all that stuff so like sorry about the like essentially an hour just talking about yang but yeah that's cool <laughs> we needed to do, do a a post-mortem for for me at least uh yeah. but honestly for for my sake I, it's been really toxic from bernie supporters and so i'm i'm just gonna like peace out i can't vote anyways so mm-hmm. like for for my sake i'm just peacing out of this election cycle and to be kind of pessimistic about it, I don't think Bernie Sanders is going to be Donald Trump. He's not. He doesn't have enough bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, please vote. <laughs> well, are you not going to vote? I can't in? vote. I'm not a citizen. Oh, I'm fucking dumb. Of course, <laughs> that's that. That's a dumb moment. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'll encourage yeah, yeah. my wife to vote for who she wants to vote for. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. who knows? I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, uh, I, I think, I think he will. I think he'll beat him. And I, once again, I don't. If he doesn't, then I'll move on. You know, it's. Yeah. I don't. I think everyone, uh, whoever you uh, want are to vote for, or yeah, whatever definitely. candidate you're going to go for, you need to recognize you do not know these people. This is. Yeah. You know, this is a parasocial relationship mm. you're developing. Mm-hmm. I, if as soon as, you know, 
it took me a very long time with Obama to really because I was a big old Democrat liberal guy, you know, when mm-hmm. Obama was president. It took me a long time to be able to criticize him and re- kind of come to the realization mm-hmm. he was not what he was not the kind of president yeah. I actually wanted yeah. him to be. This is it's a pitfall. You know, we mm-hmm. have a culture of of creating narratives for famous people, mm-hmm. creating narratives for culturally influential people. And, um, you know, as soon as, you know, Bernie Sanders, President Bernie Sanders, <laughs> you know, kills the, you know, the equivalent of Soleimani or someone, you know, like that, <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. You know, I'm yeah. not going to support that right. anymore. And that's, yeah. and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't advocate for anyone to do that. You mm-hmm. know, once again, I really, when I say that I don't want to be the ambassador for Bernie Sanders, I really mean that, yeah, you yeah. know, I, um, I'm not a big fan of American politics in general in, in the sense that I, America is, has a lot to account for. America has a yeah. lot, um, <laughs> a baggage and, you know, I, uh, I just hope that uh, I hope that we can get to a point where Bernie Sanders is considered the positions that he holds or is considered to be uh, more normal. middle of the line. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. More normalized. Right. So so we don't have to say I would love it if we could say like, oh, you have this candidate you like and I'll have this candidate I like. But, uh, you know, like. And they're not be that big or that, right. where, the, the, where the consequences aren't so unbelievably dire. You right. Know? Yeah. And there's also ranked choice voting, which is a thing that was also one of Yang's policies. But like that's a <laughs> – uh-huh. um, Plug your stuff. We're both musicians. We didn't talk about music at all. <laughs> oh, plug my stuff? I don't have any stuff. Uh, uh, no, that's not true. I will be uh, – uh, I am still working with the sweet talkers yeah. and they are a bunch of really talented, uh, guys and, uh, they will be playing Norman music fest. It's going to be really awesome. Yeah. Um, I will, uh, have you, have you gotten like been told where, you're uh, no, I have not. Okay. Yeah. I haven't received anything either. And so yeah. I'm like, I saw some people like posting about like when or where they were playing for Norman yeah. Music Fest. And I'm like, they haven't even announced all the bands yet. What's yeah. going on? Well, it's always like a piecemeal, you yeah. know, how that kind of, kind of stuff comes out. But <laughs> anyways, yeah, yes, they're, go they're, see all the bands at Norman yeah, Music go, Fest. Yeah. Um, but if you want to see Dylan. Yeah, that's where I'll be. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that's as much of a plug as I can give myself. I think. So, yeah. Uh, nothing's better than two musicians talking about fixing the world because <laughs> we're we're definitely going to be the ones to do that. Uh, <laughs> thank you for doing this with me. I'm course, Santiago man. Ramones. Dylan Walling. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. Uh, I don't know if it's too early to say uh, this gig that I've booked, but like it, I'm doing a Saint Sessions and in may so that'll be fun i love Uh, saints yeah uh and i'm like 
arranging a whole jazz set so the yeah nice that's awesome that, that's a whole daunting ordeal but like it's really far off but i'm also really excited about it so like yeah. that's why i'm talking about it awesome. um and uh of course power cycle has an album out called too many damn cables you can stream it everywhere uh we were featured on the discovered or uncovering oklahoma the monday music discovery mm. uh so yeah, thank you, Dennis Spielman. <laughs> um, and yeah, listen to that, stream it, uh, put it on the background while you work out or something. It's good background music, gets you pumped or relaxed or whatever it, the feelings transition into at that moment because it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, I always add my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. Ha, <laughs>